Wizards fans, the Capital Crossover Podcast, man, we are back again. I believe this is episode six, something around there. Um, but yeah, man, we're back again to talk about everybody's favorite NBA team. Everybody loves the Wizards in this country for sure. Um, but we got a good, uh, we got a good episode on the card today, Kyle. It kind of seems like every time we talk, like as soon as we record an episode, something negative happens. Like as soon as we finish recording, because that's what happened to us last week. With all the shit that we got going on with our Wizards currently. But like I said, we got a good one uh, on the card today. We also have a special guest in the building. My guy, Brendan, from the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan, welcome, my friend. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good outside of the Wizards, but excited to be on (laughs) and talk about it with you guys for sure. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Of course, man. It's good to see you. And uh, along the way, as you always know, I got my boy, Young Poppy Texan, Kyle. Kyle, let me toss it to you first. Yeah, what's up, everybody? It's Kyle Andrews. Uh, just jumping on, and you know, I'm I'm glad to have Brendan in. We've been talking about this for a minute because, uh, you know, Brendan's in one of my other group chats. So I was like, look, we gotta we gotta link up. He's one of my guys from a while ago. Like Brendan uh, put me on to uh, I, I covered American basketball for his site one time. Um, so it's been a, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad to have him on the show. Yeah, you got your boy Jay Tex back on the mic. I missed last episode, so it's glad to be back with the fellas. Um, and like the Jack and Kyle said, we're glad to have Brendan on here with us tonight. Um, you know, a fresh voice, somebody else to go through the stress with us as a loyal Wizards fan. Um, but I'm excited for the show. We got good topics lined up for y'all. For sure, for sure. And uh, for those of you who, you know, may not be familiar most of you should be familiar if you're a wizards fan but brendan is a very active uh very active uh tweeter as well with the wizards big on wizards twitter so if you you know when you see his name in the in the info you'll probably recognize him as well um so we definitely got another great voice to have on the episode today but let's jump right into it fellas the first thing i want to talk about is the most recent shit um which is lebron and the los angeles lakers coming to town and getting absolutely obliterated by somebody who apparently a lot of people thought was washed. I don't know why, but we gave up a 55 and 17 piece from Mr. Anthony Davis. Tex, since you uh since you was off last week, I want to toss it to you first. How do we feel? <laughs> I don't even know how to make it. Like I'm trying to spin this as best I can, but how are we feeling after last night's absolute shit show of tra- attempting to defend Anthony Davis? I mean, if we, if we want to be frank and we want to be honest, you know, we try to keep it real on here. I, we, You kind of saw it coming because the Lakers, they're starting to get into, like, good momentum going. They got their guys healthy. They're, they're starting to figure out how to play with the pieces that they have, even though it might not be the best situation. Um, and we said it when we started this show from the very beginning that, you know, once we play certain big men around the league who are legit and – can can be considered stars or superstars at their spot where it's going to be tough for us to compete. Um, just because, yeah, we got Porzingis down there. He's seven plus feet tall, um, but he's not a stopper. Like that's not the strength of his game. So these are the times of matchups that's just going to turn into a shootout. And as we saw, Lakers put up 130 points. Um, Anthony Davis had a hell of a stat line. Um and he he woke people back up and let them know that he is indeed not washed um, and that he can have these moments where he's a bona fide superstar and really just take over a game. 
So I, I can't say I was surprised. I think it's just it it really just magnifies, you know, the reality of our situation with our roster. Uh, it makes it clear that, you know, eventually we got to get better in terms of our interior defense, uh, not giving up as many offensive rebounds to the opposing team, better rim protection, stuff like that. I don't know if you guys saw it the same, but let me know if I'm tripping. I mean, I number one, I'm I'm gonna throw it over to to Brendan after this, but I thought that they should have been playing Daniel Gafford and uh, Porzingis earlier. I know they went to that lineup, and the lineup still got cooked. Um, so it doesn't really matter because AD just went dumb. But um, you know, I, I it's it's ugly, it's ugly. But I want to hear what Brendan has to say about this because it was that was hard to watch. That was real hard to watch. Well, first of all, I'm the lucky one then uh, because I didn't watch the game. And I was <laughs> telling Kyle before uh, we actually started recording, I haven't really watched a whole lot of full Wizards games this year. I, this has been the the most disconnected I've been from the organization since I became a fan back in the the arenas, Butler, Jameson days, which is sad to say because, you know, it's my – I, I used to consider it my number one team, and deep down, like, I, I probably still do. Um, but lately I've been trying to reinvest myself in the in the Giants a, a little bit more, which is starting to be a little bit of a thorn in my side currently. But um, <laughs> going to Anthony Davis, I mean, Color Me is one of those guys that thought he was washed. I mean, this was a guy who wanted nothing to do with the paint, was um, insisting on staying outside and, being a perimeter player, and that's something that he just wasn't good at. Um, Bricking jumpers, being inefficient, wasn't sturdy enough to hang in the paint. Not something that's dissimilar from Porzingis, I might add. Um, In terms of the interior defense, Porzingis is actually one of the best rim defenders in the NBA, but the, the thing is if you get a big like Anthony Davis who can move a little bit, um, he, he, he's not someone you want moving laterally a whole lot. Porzingis is someone that you just kind of want standing still sometimes. And he'll give you some off bounce game. Like he moves good for his size, but he's just not really a person that you want doing it a whole lot, given his injury history, but given the rim protection, um, there it's fine. The offensive rebounding has been a problem since, I don't know how many years this has been now, guys, or we've been awful with offensive rebounds, like three or four. And see, the, the coaching change doesn't do anything um the the personnel change doesn't really seem to be doing anything and we talked about uh Gafford and Porzingis playing more together that was something that Kyle Kuzma I think had hinted at after the game I think it was him anyway who was saying that yeah we want to see more of that lineup and I, I get the the idea behind that but I think that it opens up the floor a little bit more if you keep Porzingis at the five instead of the four and I'm not saying don't do the lineup um, it just wouldn't be something I would go to a lot of the time. Uh, but maybe now it's okay because Porzingis actually has been pretty good from three this year, as where last year in those 17 games we had him, he really wasn't that good of a three-point shooter. I think he was 30% last year from three, if I remember correctly. Um, so we have a larger sample size this year, and it seems like he sold it up. He looks healthy. But this core of, of players right now is honestly just not a player that you want to hang your hat on and say, let's go win a championship with. And um, that's pretty much all it comes down to for me right now. So I don't really give a shit what lineup they put out there. 
it, it, in the in the big grand scheme of things, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, no doubt. I think everybody made quality points. I think that Brendan brought up the 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 big point, obviously, in the offensive rebounding. It's kind of interesting with teams like the Wizards because the pure basketball issues always, you know, come more to light because they, you know, they don't mask it in other areas. Um, and what I'm shooting for here is like you have Anthony Davis go off the way that he did. It's more so because you have two guys who are like as singular players are fine defensively and are okay rebounders to average rebounders, but they're complete opposites, right? You have KP who's, you know, using his length to, you know, defend and to rebound, but is, you know, on the softer side um, versus Daniel Gafford, who is the exact opposite, right? He's banging, he's fouling, and he's not able to rebound because he's fouling so much, right? So that, you know, kind of issue, whether they're playing together, whether they're swapping one for one, whatever the case is, you're going to run into nights like this when you know you have a pure basketball problem in that sense. And it's not like – I wouldn't call, call this like the, one of the Wizards' biggest issues because they have endless issues. Um, but, you know, when your team isn't playing particularly well, those deficiencies come more to the light is kind of what I'm shooting for. Um, but, yeah, man, another – ugly night you know there's no really other way to describe it. we've we've done a pretty good job i'd like to say of keeping this pseudo positive for the most part but there's you know we're kind of getting to the end of our you know to our wits end fellas um with me on here you didn't plan on keeping it positive because that's not because <laughs> nah, we're because we're pretty much done at this point bro we tried we tried our, we tried know, episodes you know what i'm saying <laughs> um but all right fellas like since we're since we're keeping it on the negative side unfortunately uh it, I, it was either yesterday, yeah, I think it was yesterday. We had our resident superstar, Mister Mister Bradley Beal, um, on the No Chill podcast, which in theory sounds like a really cool idea. You know, a, a star that we have on the team now, you know, t- chopping it up with a star from the past, and <laughs> we got one of the most like eye rolling sound bites that we've gotten in which goes into a long list of eye rolling sound bites from Mr. Bill, um, who basically said that the wizards um, were pretty much the only team that were going to offer him a contract insinuating that the wizards were competing against themselves. Cause there was no other real situations that he was too interested in as far as getting paid and going to play for winter. There was no real winners that wanted it. Um, another day at the office for, for Tommy Shepard and company bidding against themselves and giving Bradley Beal $250 million, a no-trade clause, and pretty much the power to run the front office himself. So I'm going to throw this over to Kyle. Kyle, what <laughs> what are we making of this Bradley Beal uh, no-chill no chill podcast situation? This is just proving our point from last week. You remember exactly. when last week we, we were like, look, you can blame Beal all you want for this, but this is front office issues personified that's as simple as that if your front office is crap like the wizards front office is then this will continue to happen you know they'll continue to overpay players that just aren't gonna win you championships and i mean i don't know what they're trying to do are they are they trying to you know if to me this is my biggest thing if you know it's like ted and and tommy do not understand the fan base at all you know or or the people maybe the community they're thinking hey look um you know it's like build to me doesn't doesn't feel like it's like it's not wall you don't have a sentimental 
feel for him. You know, you're not like, oh, I love this guy. I've never heard anybody say, oh, I love Bradley Beal. You know, I've never heard anybody say, treat Beal in the same echelon as like a Gilbert Arenas. And yet they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to re-sign this guy to, you know, the biggest contract of all time. For what? Why? Explain that to me. And that that all goes to, you know, this front office is crap. It's as simple as that. They are not good. They don't know how to assemble a roster that is conducive to winning on a, on a consistent basis. They don't understand that, you know, they don't understand that you cannot hire a coach. And this is the thing. I love the West unsell hire when it happened. And I'm still hoping that West can, can turn some things around. And I think he's done certain things better. He's done certain things worse. Uh, But uh, you know, he it's like that offense didn't move last year and it, it's a lot better this year. I'll give him that. But the defense, we came in and we were like, all right, Wes is a defensive guru. And what is going on with the defense? You know, I look at the wizards and I'm, I'm just like, this defense is, is garbage. Like I'm, I hate to see it is 21st. You know, their defensive rating is 113.4. That's just not, that's not conducive to winning. They can't, they can't keep this up. It's just, it's miserable to watch, man. And it, I mean, Beal is a symptom of that. I do want to toss this to Brennan really quick, just because he mentioned that he was like more withdrawn. Brennan, I'm curious to know, you know, how much does the Beal situation in particular affect your fandom? It doesn't really a whole lot. Again, my issue has never been with Bradley Beal, and Kyle put it perfectly. Like everything at this point has to do with Ted and Tommy and not really having, uh, direction that says yes we're going to rebuild yes we're going to compete and they say that they want to compete but if you ask any team right now can you win a championship with Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma as your big three 29 out of the 29 other GMs are going to tell you no what the hell are you doing and the the reason I'm so irritated right now with them is because right now Beal, Porzingis and Kuzma all have trade value you could get First round picks for Bradley Beal. You could probably get two picks for Porzingis, and then I know you can get one for Kuzma probably. Off rip, that's like five or six draft picks that you could get from dealing those guys. And then in Bradley Beal, you probably get a decent young player back in return. And that to me is is better than signing up to win 37 to 39 games every year. Um, And going to Tommy Shepard, I, I don't want to hear the excuses of, well, he started with not such a great team to begin with. I, I don't care, man, because at this point you've had four seasons. And in the NBA, in any sport, it does not take this long to, to build a winning team. And we've been asking for relevancy now, and the guy can't even build us a seventh seed. The highest that we've gotten is eight. Right now we are 11, which is peak Wizards. And I know the conference is tight. And and going to the offense with West really quick, there was no way the offense was going to be worse because now you had Beal healthy, you had Porzingis healthy, you had Kuzma healthy. If the offense was worse off rip, he should have been fired by now. So there's no way that it was going to be worse. There was just no shot. With, with Kispert, um, Rui, some of the other guys, like that, there was just no way the offense was going to be worse. The defense is still bad. And I don't think it's because they don't have the personnel to play defense. I mean, we don't have a lot of defensive players 
But there's still different things they could be doing on the defensive end where I still feel like they have lapses in communication. So I said this on my podcast earlier today that I recorded with my podcast partner, Damo. Everyone knows Damo and respects his opinion. He's much smarter at this stuff than I am. But I said this earlier. Right now, we don't have an advantage at general manager. We don't have an advantage at head coach. And we don't have an advantage with the top of our roster. You don't have any three of those things. What the fuck are we doing? That's where my frustration is. And again, we could salvage this right now. Ted could go in the office and say, you know what? This isn't working. Let's rebuild and we'll start trading guys. I would respect that more and you admitting that you failed instead of doubling down on whatever this shit is. So that's why I'm frustrated. That's why I don't watch the team. And that's why I'll continue to not watch the team really until they make a big change. Poppy text. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to consider. Um, and I, I feel like we we somehow always end up in this spot on pretty much an annual basis. But you got, like you said, you got a few options, right? You could blow it up. You could explore trade value, and you could bring in as many assets as you could possibly get. Because, like you said, um, there's definitely guys on the roster that have trade value. Um, my only issue with that, and probably issue with other fans is that I don't even think we we trust the front office to make the right draft moves even if you had the the draft capital to go out and get those picks um but then it's like well then if you look at the free agency picture and people that we pay to come here we make the wrong decisions with that too we either give too much money we give too much years or we're just bringing in the wrong people so uh there's a lot that has to change um I don't know how I don't even know where we should start, honestly, because it's just issues from top to bottom. Um, and in terms of what Brad said on the pot, I'm not placing too much uh, weight on that. I'm I can pretty much guarantee you that was like a some kind of PR spin that he was fed to go out there and say, um, because there's no shot that. There, there were no other like competitive teams around the league that were reaching out and trying to do whatever they could to get Bradley Bill on a roster. I refuse to believe that. Um, what at the end of the day would really probably happen is he realized if he stayed here as a wizard, he would literally have everything that he could possibly want except winning. But you have all the money you want. You have all the power and say so within the organization. Your family gets to stay put. Literally all of that teed up for you on a platter. Um, so yes, we have, we are at the point where it has once again, got ugly. We can't sugarcoat or try to pretend like there's a, a positive bright side to this at the moment, because there is not, there has to be changes made. I don't think they're going to blow it up, but something got to give. I'll say this really quick. I'll say that if, if they are hell bent on keeping the same front office, then no, they should not rebuild because I am with you. I would not want Tommy Shepard um, in this current front office leading another rebuild. But to me, there's a way that you can work around that. Like you can still keep Tommy Shepard employed in monumental basketball. I mean, this is a a growing program, a growing thing. You don't just have to keep him as the general manager of the Wizards. Move him to uh, a different position. Move him to something else within monumental basketball and then just find someone else to – to run the basketball operations for the Wizards. This doesn't have to be like this 
crazy thing where it's dramatic and you have to fire Tommy. I mean, there's other options and he seems like a great guy and he definitely knows basketball. He's been around it for a long time. I just don't think that he's best served at this point as being the main decision maker in day-to-day operations. And, and to me that that's easy to work around. Fair enough. I think that the, so the, the, the two things I will say is, is we've been very, vocal on this podcast in particular and in our group chats about like this is clearly a front office thing so me and kyle spent basically the last episode giving bradley bill a lot of credit not credit but like trying to take the blame off of him because of all the front office woes however i do have to say that your star player saying these things on a podcast who's supposed to be your franchise guy you like the guy's clearly media trained. Like he's clearly like when he signs contracts and he's, you know, he's when he's in front of the microphone, he says what he's supposed to say most of the time. But there's so many random instances where he tries to make sure that we know that it's not his fault. Like he's so devoid of, of taking blame. Right. And I, it's just something I notice. And with this, it's like he's almost like trying to make sure that everybody knows that, you know, he has an out. Right. That it's not on him, that it's, you know, it's on somebody else. So that's my only irritation with the quote. That was a big irritation. Again, this is a front office thing, but you're not your front office that is doing making all these decisions is only looking worse by you saying what you just said. It's it's of course we're gonna if we're we're gonna know these things. We've you know been watching it for as long as we've been watching this team, but Brad's not helping things. Is my was my only issue. Um, the other thing that Tex brought up about you know the drafting situation. I don't know if you guys saw Ben Becker's tweet today, but we've never re-signed a, uh, anybody who wasn't – if they, if they were a top three pick, they got re-signed after their first contract. Anybody after the top three has not been re-signed. We'll see what they do with Rui, but it's just a ghost to show, like, it's clearly – like, I don't – I want to know what Ted is going through when he has meetings. Like, I don't really understand why he could be happy with this. And it's one of those things where, like, we all thought, like, oh, you know – Ted, maybe Ted thinks that Bradley Beal will bring more fans in and, and keep the money up and get us some playoff, you know, playoff positioning. Bradley Beal's been on top for a couple of years now. We haven't done shit. Yeah, again, that's not a knock on Brad. But it's like, why do we think this is going to keep working? Is my is my question mark for Ted? It's just like it's just it's just a rinse and repeat at this point. It doesn't make any sense at all to me. Um, but yeah, like I don't even know where to go from here, honestly, because we just sucked all the fun out of the building. But um. Outside of that, we got a visit from uh from Mr. Kelly Oubre and <laughs> where he he had his Wizards revenge game the other night when we lost to Charlotte. I mean, KD dropped almost forty the other night when we played the Nets with Brendan's favorite player Denny Abdiha defending him for most of the game. Let's let's talk about Denny for a second. Um, I'm gonna toss it back to Brendan. What are we? I know you. I know you're not a huge Denny guy, but give us your your thought process on why you think the way you think about Denny. So most of my tweets regarding Denny are mostly negative, and I will say as a disclaimer, I loved Denny Avdia coming um, into that draft. Loved him when we were able to get him at nine. Ecstatic! I thought he was going to be, you know, not Luca, but the type of guy who was bigger, had skills for his size and would be able to do more things off the bounce. Um, I, I thought that his jump shot mechanics were pretty solid for the most part, even though we knew coming into the draft he wasn't a good shooter. But I thought he had the mechanics where if he just got enough reps, had the NBA training, I thought that he would become a better shooter. 
I have not been more wrong about a guy ever. And that's not why I don't dislike him now. I mean, quite frankly, the guy just doesn't get it done. Um, offensively, he can't make a layup. He has no off-dribble bounce. He can't make three-pointers on a consistent basis. Well, if you can't do any three of those things, odds are you're not a good offensive player. On defense, yeah, you're good at sticking the guys sometimes, but then you end up fouling a lot of the time too. So then it's like the, the one thing that you're supposed to be good at a lot of the time in clutch situations when we need you at the end of the game, you're putting guys on the foul line. So there, there really isn't a spot for him on this team, I think, at this point to make a solid contribution to – I mean, he's going to be a role player on this team by default because the roster's so shit. But I, I don't know, uh, like, what contending team – and I said this before we got on – what contending team right now would be banging down our door or even just calling Tommy Shepard and being like, hey, is Denny available? I, I promise you, 29 out of the 29 other GMs are not calling and asking about him. 100%. I mean, I think it's it's it just goes back to the idea that you know we overvalue what you know is homegrown, right? Rui, I'm like how you feel about Denny is not how I feel about Rui, but I just I don't see the the pizzazz that people see in Rui. Kispert's kind of a different situation just because he's a you know he's more of a specialist type of guy, but you know they love their guys until it's time to pay them, and then they don't deserve the contract, so they just end up dipping. It's just a rinse and repeat at this point. Um, the, the the problem with with the young guys is with our fans anyway is, is they see these guys have their best moments and then they think that that's what, what they're like all the time and they they never consider that the the non production games and the games where they're not doing a whole lot or maybe when they have bad games probably most of the time outweighs the good games that they have, you know, yeah, Rui will give you 17 and 10 probably a couple times this season the rest of the way, maybe even more. I don't know. That doesn't mean that he's a player, you know, that's like, oh, he's going to be the next Kawhi or he should be starting. this. Like, it's not how it works. Like, if you're in an NBA rotation throughout a season, you're going to have games like that. It doesn't matter how bad you are. You know, I mean, the Mo Harklesses of the world, like I promise you, Mo Mo Harkless at this point will probably have – almost 20 point games that that doesn't mean that he's a guy that you build around going forward. And that doesn't mean that he should be taken seriously with the roster. And I get that these are your draft picks. You want to believe in them. You want to believe that they're good, but if they were so good, we would not be winning like 37, 39 games stuck in the 11th seed every year. And you can't just blame it on injuries at this point because they decided to go with an, uh, an injury prone core. That's what they dedicated themselves to at this point with Beal and Porzingis. And if the young players are that good, I feel like they'd be able to elevate that a little bit. We're talking about top 10 picks. We're not talking about guys that were picked in the second round or guys that were picked in the latter half of the first. These are top 10 picks, and they're not even starting at this point. Well, well, Denny's starting, but that's because we have no one else at the position. And to be honest, I'd rather start Kispert. He's the best of the bunch, clearly. So that's how I feel about Denny. Hey man, fair enough. We needed we needed an, an in depth analysis, and that's exactly what you gave us. But um, you know, fellas, we like I like I said there earlier, we've tried to keep it positive and 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 free flowing on this on this podcast. But the team does not help us out at all. But uh, Brendan, I'd love to, uh, you know like to thank you for coming on the show today. I'm gonna toss it over to you to plug uh you know your podcast and where you know everybody can find you out, and uh, then I'll hand it over to Kyle and Tex, and we'll get out of here. 
Yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Threes is Trice Podcast, which is a gallery place. We just dropped one today. Link is in my bio. It's also in Damo's bio, Damo8186 on Twitter. And uh, that's all I got to plug. But thanks for having me on, guys. Of course. You can follow me at Kyle J. Andrews underscore on Twitter. You know, I always got time to talk about the Wizards with, with my guys here. So glad to be on again. Yeah, you got me, JTEX. You can find me on Twitter at JTEX Knows. You know, man, we, we're going to try to come back next week with some more positive uh, <laughs> energy on the pod. Hopefully, you know, between now and then, we can get a couple wins under our belt and we're not coming back on a losing streak. But that's all I got to say, man. I don't, I, it's, it sucks. We're in a tough spot right now. No doubt. You know, it's your boy at Jack underscore Skolnick. If you know how to spell my last name, good for you. If you don't, you don't. Jack.season on Instagram. You know what it is, baby. We out of here.